Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. Good afternoon and welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on? Hey, man, it's just another beautiful day in paradise. Before we start, though, I would like to wish my brother-in-law, Ron Montgomery, a happy birthday. I'm not going to say how old he is, but I just want to say happy birthday, Ryan. Uh, I hope you have many, many more. Yeah, he's old, isn't he? I think Ryan, he's, he's up there. I know that. Hey, man, about, I know that guy. Right? I, I think he looked like he's about 33, man. The way he's moving around, <laughs> he looked like he's about 33, 34 years old. Just want to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, just left his house, man, had just a nice... Uh, had a nice layout, man. Nice uh, Mexican flavor to it, man. Some nice burritos, man. Nice burritos. Uh, just a uh, good time, man. Happy birthday. And, and good people, man. Ryan is a great person. And his wife, Michelle, is a super cook, so I can only imagine how good that food was. Hey, but Sam, hey, let's get right into this sports thing, man. Uh, you know, we looked up last week, and um, Jason Collins came out that he's gay. And trust me, Sam, I guess this is my question. Are we truly ready to embrace the, a gay athlete in our society in in, in America? Uh, you know that, that that's a really uh, tough question. Uh, but uh, to be honest, Daryl, the, the best way I can answer that is uh, I, I'm not really sure. You know, uh, I, I commend Jason Collison on um, on coming out and uh, letting everyone know uh, that that he's a gay athlete. I, I think it took a lot of courage. Uh, I'm sure it was well thought out. He's a very educated young man. And uh, but um, I, I'm not really sure. I, I guess time will tell if if we're truly ready. Uh, he has received a lot of support in the community, but at the same time, you know, there's going to be groups and there are going to be people. There are going to be fans uh, that are going to be very uh, they're going to be very mean spirited. And, uh, and and I'm sure he took all of these things into consideration when he decided to make his announcement because uh, you know. He's not only a target, but now his family's a target. And, uh, so I'm sure that these are some of the things that, uh, he considered before he made his announcement. And, uh, I guess the jury's still out. You know, it, it, it's kind of tough, but, uh, I, I really think we are in a new age where, uh, you know, we're living in a different world. And, uh, I, I really feel that, uh, he's a guy that can be a role model for, uh, for other gays. Well, you know, I, I tell you, Sam, um, he can definitely be a role model. He, and I, I know this is probably going to give a lot more people confidence to, to come out and be open about who they are. But, you know, a, a therapist told me once, I was a social worker many years ago, and he told me um, the definition of reality is what's happening now. And this is reality, man. We, the, the real thing is 
We have an NBA basketball player that has come out and said he's gay and said he's been gay for a while now. And, and hey, and we might as well accept this as a reality and accept this as what's going on right now in our society. We have gay doctors. We have gay um, um, politicians. We have gay school teachers. We have gay um, um, many, many other professionals are gay. So it's, it shouldn't surprise us now that we find that there's a, a gay basketball player. I'm sure that there are gay golfers and gay baseball players and, and in, other, in other sports, too. And maybe this will give them the confidence to be who they are and um, come out and maybe a lift, a lift a burden off of them. And you never know, man, if Jason Collins had come out and said he was gay 12 years ago, maybe he would average more than three points or in his career, one point a game. You know, the one thing that uh, that I, I really feel that he did a, um, a lot of studying on is uh, when to come out. You know, when, when you look at the whole big picture of things, uh, you're talking about a 12-year NBA veteran. So this is a guy that he, he's made his money in the aspect where now uh, this is not going to financially cripple him if people decide, hey, we want no parts of Jason Collison. So this, this is, these are the factors that you have to, um, you have to think about when you're going to make an announcement like this. You know, if he was a guy that was, uh, just starting his career, would he have made this announcement? I can't really answer that. But when you're 12 years in, in the NBA, you're talking about guaranteed contracts. You know, this is something that, uh, that was very well thought out. And, uh, like, I, like I said, he's a very educated young man. So, uh, Financially, he, he's going to be fine whether he plays another uh, another NBA game or not. And uh, these are the things you have to think about because now you're going to have some people that they're not going to want to want to hire you. And uh, you know, in most cases, uh, we have to work. We have to go out and work each and every day. But he's in a financial situation where work and uh, is you know financially he's going to be all right. You know, and I guess Sam, that's that's my my issue with this whole thing is that I wish he had come out three years ago when he was an active player, when he was playing for the Celtics and uh, when he played for the Nets, you know, when, we, when he was a, a formidable player in the league. You know, he comes out now when basically he's leaving the league. He's on his way out, you know. And so next year, if, he, if, he, if no one signs him, it's going to be a lot of people say, well, hey, we didn't sign him, man, because he's, he's, he, he's not a formidable player. He's not... He's not what we call a, 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 a money player. We can find players that are just as good as him for less money or, and younger. So it, it's, it's almost, ah, uh, it's almost not as, it doesn't, it doesn't ring, the bell doesn't ring as loud. You know, if this guy was 28 years old and he came out and said this, if he was a star in the league, if he was a, a defensive runner up, defensive player runner up, um, three years ago, it would be it'd be a much bigger story, you know. And this is a story because he is leaving the league. It, it's it could die down really quick, and nothing could be ever really really said about this, or it may, it may never come to the forefront like it like it should or could. So if I wish you would did this five years ago, man. Well, well, and and again, these are 
factors that really play a major part in your decision when you make an announcement like this? Because if, if you're a guy that's just starting your career, if you make an announcement like this, now you take the chance of being blackballed out of the NBA. And uh, teams are not going to go on the record and say, hey, we're not going to sign you because you're a gay athlete. They're going to look at your skill set. But uh, the one thing I can say about Mr. Collinson, he is he's six. 10 plus he's six fouls he's a heady veteran i mean he's he's a tough defender he's a guy that gets on the other player's skin he doesn't have he doesn't need the ball to be effective and uh you know i really feel that uh someone's gonna um they're gonna sign him next year if if for no other reason just to make a statement that hey um we're not going to discriminate against a player because he came out and said that he was gay. It's going to take a very strong owner. It's going to take a very strong general manager and a coach to be able to handle the circus-like environment that can be created from something like this. And, uh, you know, he will be a free agent next year uh, after the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder... Will this have an effect on his free agency? Yes. There are going to be some franchises that will not touch him no matter what. He could be LeBron James, and there are going to be some franchises that will be against signing him. But I do feel that there's going to be multiple teams in the NBA that's going to be willing to go out and take the chance of signing Mr. Collison, if for no other reason but to put fans in the seats. You know, I I don't see him being a big fan draw, but I guess – when I look at this, I think about the WNBA. You know, there are many, I don't, I can't say many, but there are lesbians playing in the WNBA. It's not a big story. You know, it's, it's not a story at all. You know, there are lesbians on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour. It's, it's not a big story. But, you know, if there was a, an athlete that came out on the PGA and said that he was gay, it would be a gigantic story. Especially if he's won a won a a, a a a golf tournament that was that was significant, you know. So I, I, I I'm not so sure. I think our society has to embrace this because we've already embraced lesbians in their profession as as it's, it's not a big deal. So I, I can't see us not embracing this and not saying, hey, this is a part of of of, of our of our um, growth in sports, of our as our of our um, you know, circulation of sports. This, this is going to happen, man. But uh, w- w- when you think about the announcement and what everybody talks about is the four major sports. We're talking about football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. You know, some of these other sports, yeah, they are sports, but they're not considered the cream of the crop. And when you're talking about the four major sports, you and you think about football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, those are the main four sports that we identify with. So that's why this is a major deal. The WNBA, yeah, it's a basketball league. It's a women's professional basketball league. But at the same time, you probably don't have anyone making over $150,000 a season. So you're talking about the four major sports. He's the first known active player to come out in the first in, in the major four sports so that's why this is a big deal now there have been other notable gay athletes that came out after their career was done like uh 
Billy Bean, for, and, and he played in the major league, uh, major leagues from '87 to '95. He came out in 1999. You say, hey, why four years later? Dave Copay played in the NFL from 1964 to 1972. He came out in 1975. You know, you got John Amici in basketball. Then you have Glenn Burke in the major leagues from '76 to '79, who is rumored to be the first player who was known as gay by his teammates, but not publicly. So, uh, and, and again, in the locker room, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but that there are some guys that teammates are suspicious of, but they accept them for who they are and they're respectful around those teammates. They don't have to like what they're doing, but at the same time, they're going to be respectful of those, uh, of, of their teammates. Hey, well, you know, Sam, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I've played with gay players. I, I have played with one of my offensive linemen in college was gay. Now, I didn't know that he was gay until afterwards. Um, I think if I had known that he was gay when we were playing, I don't think it would have made a difference. I just don't think it would have made a difference. Because, you know, when, when I got to college, one of the things that shocked me was when we had women in the locker room. You know, we had women reporters in the locker room. It, it, man, that just took me for a loop when I first saw that. I couldn't believe it coming out of high school. And now you see women in the locker room? Um, well, you know what, man? At, at the end of the day, if, if I had a teammate, I, I can't speak for others, but if I had a teammate that was a gay uh I would accept them with open arms, man. At the end of the day, in any profession that we do, it's about production. If a guy can carry his weight and is respectful to his teammates, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. As long as he's not crossing the lines, hitting on teammates, you know, there's I, – I feel that in most sports that this – that this player will be accepted with open arms. And uh, at the same time, now you're talking about the gay player crossing the line. You have to also think about the teammates uh, crossing the line also because there's a lot of uh, jokes that are, are said in the locker room. So now you have to be conscious and aware of the gay teammates' feelings because you know, and I know, that there has been times when we've said, oh, man, he's a fucking fag or, or whatever. I hate to use that type of language, but guys talk like that. And and, and, and you've heard it in the locker room. Or he's For sure. A, or he's a sissy or he's this or he's that. And, and it's not to to be just downright cruel, but you said behind his back, you wouldn't say it in front of his face and it was kind of like a joke amongst teammates or whatever, but at the same time, if anybody outside of that family messed with that guy, there would be consequences that would happen. You know, uh, I heard uh, John Amici, um, former Orlando Magic player, former NBA player, center, I heard him say something over the weekend They asked him about that same question. Say, how did you feel when when your teammates said um, made gay derogatory comments, he said he said it hurt him so bad and it burnt up a lot of his energy dealing with that to the point as sometimes during the games, like in the fourth quarter, his, his, he didn't have the energy to play at a level he wanted to play at because he was actually boggling that down inside of him how his teammates made comments about gay people and and gay athletes. And then he said, and some of those same guys would have two or three women in every city they went to and they were married. You know, so, 
it, it's, it, I, I could see where, where this would really, really, really offend a gay person. You know, it's like um, when, you make, when you make a comment about someone's nationality, you know, and, it may, and when, you, when you say it, you may not really think that it hurts their feelings, but when you think back at it maybe a day later or something, you may realize, wow, that may have been offensive to someone. You know, and I, and I look back when I was younger, how some of the things I said as a young man in my 20s could have been offensive to some people that were right there around me at the time I didn't know they were who they were. I didn't know that they were gay, and they probably were offended at me for some of the things I said. So, man, I think we really have to be conscious, and I think as a society now, we really have to be conscious of what we say, how we act, and the things that we say. We have to know that they're, they're offensive, whether, they're, whether someone's gay, straight, regardless. They're offensive. I, I, I totally agree. You, you do have to be very conscious of what you say and uh, around anybody because you, you never know because uh, what looks straight isn't always straight and uh, I, and I mean I haven't been in that situation I can't really speak for John Amici and, and the hurt that he uh, he felt but at the same time uh, that's what I was trying to get at uh, sometimes guys say stuff and, and, they, and they joke around about it and uh, when you know that there's a, a known teammate that's gay you, you have to be more conscious of what you're saying because you don't want to hurt his feelings and you want to be respectful to uh, his sexuality and uh, and at the same time the gay teammate has to um, be respectful to his teammates and, and not try to hit on them but at the end of the day man it's a brotherhood and uh, whether you're gay or straight you're family uh, because it, it's really what it's going to boil down to is production is this guy helping us win games and uh, and I really feel that's how management should look at it that's how his teammates should look at it as long as each party is respectful to each other I really don't see uh, there being a problem uh, you know the one thing uh, that, that's really going to be interesting is it's been rumored that uh, other players in other sports leagues have been uh, close to coming out and negotiating I really do like the element of surprise that uh, Mr. Collison uh, chose to take uh, in, in, in making his announcement. Uh, I read the Sports Illustrated article. I saw him on Oprah. And, uh, you know, it, it was important to him to, to tell his story and not for somebody else like TMZ or some, uh, some other uh, newspaper agency that just come out and say, oh, Jason Collison's gay. And, you know, you catch everybody off uh, by surprise, so I really feel that uh, he surprised a lot of people, and the element of surprise was uh, very major, you know. But uh, one thing I do want to say is, uh, you know, the great Vince Lombardi, he said, when a football player lose lose his supreme confidence in his uh, super masculinity, he is in deep trouble. So, uh, you know, that that's just something to think about. But, uh, hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after the break. flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports you're tuned in to sports info um with daryl and sam call us today at 888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or send us an email at sports info um 3793 at gmail.com now Back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info Union. Sam, um, you know, when John Amici came out and said that he was gay and he played in the NBA, you know, um, Tim Hardaway Sr. came out and said some very, very negative things about Amici. And, and, he, and he said he could have never played with a gay guy. He couldn't play with a faggot and these kind of things. And I really think, that we as a society and athletes really learned something from Hardaway when he made those comments because he really lost his job as a commentator. He lost a lot of respect in the city of Miami, and he really hasn't been heard from since. You know what I mean? And before that, he was a, a real popular figure in the basketball world as far as, um, as, far as news as news anchor, commentating. So he, he was on the up and up, and since then he's been – um, um, how, how does that, how did that, that, that song go? Um, on the bottom looking up, started on the bottom looking up. He's on the bottom looking up now because of those comments that he made. So I think we really all learned something from that, man. And I think we have to now look at people differently. We have to watch our mouth. We have to be a whole lot more sensitive and we have to be politically correct with everything that we say. You know, we, we used to get offended sometimes with some of the things that, White people say about black people, you know, you get, you go up, to, hey boy, that was offensive, man. It hurt my feelings when, when, a, when a white man would say, hey boy, and that was in the 70s. You know, and I think now 
it, I, I actually will say something to someone if they say that to me now, and I'm I'm an older person, but I think we really have to be a little sensitive, man. A lot well, sensitive. Well, 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 one of the most important things that we learned uh, from that 2008. Um, that's when John Amici made his announcement from those Tim Hardaway comments is that you have to be very respectful. Uh, and, and just because you think something and you're entitled to your own opinion, uh, there, there is a thing called freedom of speech and a Hardaway is entitled to his opinion. You have to be conscious of what you say in the media, on social media. And, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway, uh, he's a very well respected, uh, sports figure. In the state of Florida, uh, definitely in Miami, but uh, it, it really cost him a lot. You know, now when you see Tim Hardaway, you see him at Michigan games rooting on his son, and uh, it, it was just uh, he was an emerging star in the uh, in the sports world as far as becoming that. He made a nice transition into uh, becoming an announcer, uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it cost him a lot. But uh, I, I do feel five years later that his thoughts on gay athletes has changed. And, uh, and, 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 and again, when you think about the Collison announcement, uh, you know, you had Mike Wallace that, uh, that went to Twitter and said, Hey, with all of these women out there, how can you like a man? And you see how quickly the Dolphins say, Hey, his opinions and views have nothing to do with how the Miami Dolphins feel. And he later issued an apology. Uh, you, you have to be conscious of what you say. And, uh, just because you think something and you feel the way in the world that we live in now, you have to be very careful with what you say because it could be very costly, uh, to you. You know, you had a player from the 49ers that, that, that made a comment. And, uh, I say err on the side of caution. For sure. And, you, 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 you have know. to err on the side of caution, and uh, you know, each his own, man. We're we're all individuals, and just because we don't like something, at the end of the day, it's about respect. Because, uh, Sam, let me ask you a question. You know, the as our as our society evolves, and kids are now more into computers and iPads and all of this stuff, they know more now at say eight years old that we knew at 12 when we were then I knew at 12 when I was growing up. And is this going to have an effect on people saying, well, what is gay? You know, kids now saying, what is gay? We had a young man on the show last week, had no idea what we were talking about. But is this going to now have people saying, well, what is gay? Um, maybe I want to try that. You know, maybe I want to see if uh, if this young man likes me because... I can't talk. Girls don't like me. Uh, I'm afraid to talk to girls. You understand what I'm saying? And is this going to prompt more athletes to, to you know, like some pedophiles in in um, in, in 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 coaching? You know, a lot of coaches get into coaching to be pedophiles. You know, we're going to find now we're going to find more athletes trying to convert other athletes, or are we going not necessarily convert other athletes, but are we going to find that it's, it's, it's going to be okay for a 12-year-old to say, hey, I'm gay? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if, it, if it's going to be okay. I, I do think that uh, individuals go through uh, certain stages and uh, they're curious at certain ages. Uh, 
I, I really feel that it's the role of the parent to um, to kind of educate their kids. Uh, th- there's definitely going to be questions. You know, I have an eight-year-old son myself, and uh, you know, he he pays attention to uh, what's going on, not a. Uh, What's going on around the house? What's being said? What's going on, on TV? And uh, you know, he asks questions, and I, I really feel that you have to be honest with your kids when they ask questions, and uh, you have to be aware, and uh, you got to do, you got to try to do the best job as a parent that you can on educating them on certain issues, and uh, sometimes that's going to be uh, having open dialogue about topics that uh, you're not ready to uh, to, to talk about. And I, I just feel that the best thing is to be honest and to try to have a, um, as open as possible of a relationship that you can. Uh, and, and again, no one, um, no man or female with, uh, I'm not sure they're proud to say that, hey, I have a, a gay son or a gay daughter. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you have to be respectful to the choices that uh, these individuals make. And uh, everybody go through different phases in their lives. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, me as a father, uh, I have two boys and a daughter. And if uh, one of my boys and my girl and my daughter came to me and said, hey, dad, I'm gay. I, I can't sit here and say uh, I'm going to do backflips or whatever. I'm going to be very disappointed. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to love my kid. Uh, and uh, just because a decision that they make, they don't mean that I have to condone it. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to love my kid. And I, I, I just feel that this is a very tough, tough topic You know, uh, Sam, to, to really talk about, man. It's uh you know, hey, I respect what Mr. Collinson has did, but at the same time, do I agree with it? Do I condone it? Uh, I can't say I agree with it. I don't condone it, but uh, I, I do uh, commend him for having the courage and the strength to come out and uh, make the announcement that he made. Sam, I, and I, this, we, we're running over on this con- on this conversation, but you know, it was it was many years ago in the '60s and the '70s, and the, you know, if if. Uh, Guy brought a white woman home to his parents, and he was black. You know, it was like, hey, well, don't you bring that white lady up in here? You know, and now in our society, if it happens, it happens. You know, and we we look at it and say, oh, well, hey, we embrace you, we welcome you. And I guess I guess I look at it like if if I if if my grandson comes up to me someday and says that he's he's gay, I have to say, hey, well, I love you. I hey, bring it on. You know. Yeah, if that's who you are, that's who you are. So I guess until our society is is willing to say, hey, if that's who you are, that's who you are, let's move on. If that you, don't you mean don't, you're going to like it, man. I, you're hey, going hey, hey. to be burning up deep inside. You're going to love your grandson, but you ain't going to like it. I, I think we have to evolve, Sam. We really yeah, do because we have no choice. I, I agree in involvement, man, and, and I understand that story that, like, you're saying, hey, you bring a white woman home, man. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. There you and, go, Sam. And, and it was embedded in me. Who? So I'm saying that so. you better not. If you hey. talk to a white girl. You never know, boy. You gonna end up in a field dead somewhere. You never know. And I was just like, "Oh my God, I'll never talk to a white woman." But hey, and then I moved to Michigan, and I saw, "Wow, that's just like a um." It was accepted in the north, and then now when I go to Montgomery, Alabama, I see a lot of interracial relationships, and it is a part of society. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with it, but just because 
someone decides to come out and say, hey, I'm different, that don't mean, even though you're going to love them, that don't mean that you agree with, with their decision. Sam, it's a lot of things we don't agree with, but we have to put a period behind it and move on. You know, and this is one of those things because this is this is like Jason Collins has opened the floodgates. Let's hope that he's opened the floodgates. You know, I'm, I'm saying let's hope that he he has opened the floodgates, but let's don't hope that he has opened a a a. He, let's don't hope that he's given permission for people to just say this is something I am. I'm trying this out this month, so this is what I am, and you know, uh, I'm gonna see if see if I like it. Uh, and I don't think that's his. That's that's his intentions. I, I don't think, think that's his. I don't think that's his intention. He's just. Uh, he's had feelings. He's had girlfriends. He's uh, decided that this is something that uh, this is the lifestyle that uh, he's going to choose to live by. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day, what we need to learn is that we have to be respectful of each other's decisions, whether we like them or not, whether we're, whether we're religious groups or hate groups. We just have to be respectful for each other's decisions, and we have to learn to respect each other's differences. Hey, I agree. I agree totally. Hey, hey Sam, go ahead. I was gonna say, moving along, man. One of your teammates, man. He today he became he he's big time already. But uh, Vinny Testaverde, man, he was announced in the college football. He's gonna head the 2013 College Football Hall of Fame, and uh, you know he was announced today. Everybody else will be announced tomorrow. So to me, he's the headliner. You play with Vinny Testaverde. You play with Bernie Kosar. You play with Jim Kelly, Steve Walsh, Mark Rich. Give us a give sports info you. Them fans of Vinny Testaverde's story, Mr. Miami Hurricane. Oh man, I tell you, man, um, we we're playing we're playing Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Bosworth was playing for Oklahoma at the time, and Vinny he's he's running around. This guy was was a huge guy, man. Vinny's like six six, two hundred and forty pounds. He 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 squatted like close to five hundred pounds. Bench press over three hundred. He was a specimen, man. And one of these linebacks for Oklahoma clinched on to Vinny. He, he slung him off. All of a sudden, Vinny throws an underhand pass to your boy, and I caught it and ran for about eight yards first down, man. Hey, but and you're talking about a class act, man, really class act, man. He came, me and Vinny came to college the same day, and our class was, matter of fact, when we got there, we were on probation, so it was only 18 people in our class. Bernie Kosar, Vinny Testaverde, and myself was in that class. Bernie Kosar graduated in three years. And our sophomore, our freshman year, um, Jim Kelly got hurt, hurt his shoulder, didn't play the rest of the season. Mark Rick took over. We lost to Florida State that week, and, man, Coach Snellenberger was hot. I mean, he was hot. We had practice 6 in the morning, Sam. Mark Rick, the coach for Georgia now, I don't mean to talk bad about Mark because I love him too, but Mark got caught with a girl in the room and got suspended for the next two weeks. Vinny Testaverde lost his red shirt, and he became the starting quarterback that game. He, I don't think he started, but he ended up coming in and playing the next week, lost his red shirt. Um, the next year, Bernie Kozar came in, beat Vinny out in the spring. We won a national championship in 1983. Two years later, we played for the national championship against Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl with Vinny Tessaverde as our quarterback. That year, he also won the Heisman Trophy. Awesome, man. I just want to say congratulations to Vinny Tessaverde. He was the number one pick in the 1987 NFL draft. 
by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, just congratulations, man. That's a tremendous honor to be going into the College Football Hall of Fame, not only going in but headlining that class. Uh, big is, ups. Man. Another hurricane in the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Hey, what can we say, man? Cortez Kennedy, I think it was last year. Hey, J- um, Vinny Testaverde this year. Hey, we keep doing it, man, and doing it and doing it. and do- Congratulations, Vinny, man. It couldn't go on to a more deserving person and a harder worker, man. This guy is a super hard. He was a super hard worker at hey, University man, you guys gotta, You guys got to do something because you guys ain't been getting it done on the field. But, hey, moving along, LeBron James become the youngest player in the history of the NBA at the age of 28 to win four MVP awards and was one vote shy of unanimously winning the award. What do you think about King James? You know, man, I think we are watching a a a, a we we we're, we're watching a Jordan esque kind of guy. I really think that, and I, I I really think LeBron James' best basketball is yet to be played. And I'm not so sure it's going to be played in Miami, but I'm I think he still has championships to win. I think this from this year is almost in the bag. I don't want to you know jinx the Heat, but uh, hey, man, I think he's he's he's. I know, it pains you, I know it pains you to say that, that he's on the Jordan track, man. This guy's on the track to possibly become the greatest basketball player to ever play the game, man. And uh, I, I really feel uh, when watching LeBron and uh, hearing him speak that uh, he's very respectful of his elders. And uh, he tried to go out of his way to acknowledge them and pay respect. Uh, he is a, a basketball historian, as he say. Uh, he stores a lot of information. He studies a lot of the greats. And uh just want to com- congratulate. Uh, LeBron, he joins a rare class of superstars. Uh, he joins Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Will Chamberlain as the only players in the history of the NBA with at least four MVP awards. And he also joins uh, Bill Russell as the only player to win the award four times in five years. Uh, for the season, he averaged 26.8 points, eight rebounds, 7.3 assists, and he shot an amazing 56% from the field and 40, almost 41% from three point range. You're talking about a guard. Not normally center shoots these high percentages, 56, close to 57% from the field. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's very accurate. Uh, he's a very unselfish guy and, uh, he, he's, uh, he, he, he's approaching Oscar Robinson type numbers. You know, he's almost, man, he's, He's two rebounds and three assists shy from averaging a triple-double, man. So that's just an amazing accomplishment. We are watching greatness. So uh, I I tell you, I I respect the Heat. I don't really root for them. Uh, To me, they're almost like the Yankees, man. I I, I try to root against the teams that are kind of stacked and loaded. uh, But uh, I I really respect uh, King James. And uh, if he can stay injury-free, we might be talking about a guy that can surpass the great, great Michael Jordan. You know, I, he, he may be able to surpass Michael Jordan, but in a lot of fans' uh, mind, he's always going to be second to Jordan. Hey, but, you know, it was only one sports writer that did not vote LeBron James in, and he voted for Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe is the only person that did not vote for LeBron James. And I, he came out today and said he thought that Carmelo Anthony, you know, pretty, pretty much put his team on his back and carried them to the um, 
to the to the playoffs. Carmelo is a superstar in his own right, but at the I, I don't know what Mr. Washburn, uh, Sloshborn, I don't know what he was looking at, man. But uh, Carmelo, uh, to me, uh, he's a guy that scores a lot of points, but uh, he don't make his teammates better. LeBron's a very unselfish individual, and uh, it'll be uh, great to see them two duke it out in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. Uh, we'll be right back after we pay the bills. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, LeBron James won four out of the last five MVPs. Who won an MVP in between? Who was the person that won that, that one that he did not win? Uh, I'm going to go with the great Kobe Bryant. Nah, that would have been Derrick Rose, man. That's right, D. Rose. Yeah, Derrick Rose. And you know, it's a big, it's a big question mark. Is, is Derrick Rose coming back this year? I think, I think it makes no sense for him to come back this year. They're not going to win a championship whether he comes back or not. Uh, I don't, I really, I don't really feel that he will be in sync. Uh, you know, you're talking about chemistry. Uh, even though he has been practicing with his teammates, uh, I, I really feel practice in the game are two different, uh, situations. Uh, but, uh, I, I tell you what, Derrick Rose was at the top of his game before he got hurt. And, uh, to me, you're talking about the franchise, the Bulls franchise. Uh, I would err on the side of caution. You're talking about a guy that you invested over 100 million dollars in and uh and mentally if he's not ready to come back why rush him back uh at this stage of the year you you've been successful all season long without him so you might as well just duke it out and uh you, you're talking about a team that has shown a lot of heart you're talking about the chicago bulls they're currently uh tied with the miami uh the miami heat right now at uh 40 40 man so uh, you're talking about just a scrappy team yeah, and they are a scrappy team, but I, I really, I would encourage Derrick Rose to continue his rehab and 
get himself right mentally and physically before he decided to come back and um, and give it another shot because this is the NBA. This is a real deal these guys are doing out there. Yeah. Hey, there, I have a question, man. We got the second round of the, of the playoffs. So what are your predictions? Do you think the Heat or who, who are you picking, the Heat or the Bulls, in the, um, to, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals? You know, the Heat are so banged up, man. Um, no Heinrich, no Luau Dang, no Derrick Rose. You mean the Bulls? The, the, excuse me, the Bulls. No Heinrich, no Derrick Rose, no Dang. No way they're going to beat the Heat. Uh, all right. Uh, yesterday we saw the Indiana Pacers, uh, you know, my former stumping ground, Indianapolis, uh, go into New York and steal game one from uh, the New York Knicks. What do you think is going to happen in that uh, in that series? You know, man, you know, as, as good as Carmelo Anthony plays, he really doesn't seem to get his teammates involved like LeBron James and some of the other great players we've seen. And he really has some solid players on his team, and I don't think he gets them involved enough. And I, I, it's not going to surprise me if Indiana takes this, takes this series, man. So I, I think Indiana's going to win. They've already um, taken a home court advantage away. Man, when I look at this Pacers team, I see a young, long, athletic, uh, hungry group of guys, a team that uh, pushed Miami uh, last year on the verge of defeat. Uh, I, I really feel that they're going to be a little too much for the Knicks to handle, and uh, I, I, I like the Pacers to advance to, to play the Miami Heat in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, yesterday, OKC, man, they uh, won a squeaker versus Memphis. Uh who do you see winning the uh, Memphis OKC series? You know, OKC they're they're without one of their uh, one of the true superstars in the NBA uh, in Westbrook. Uh, so, uh, do you feel that they're going to be able to prevail in this series over the uh, Memphis Grizzlies? You know, man, I tell you, uh, Zach Randolph, man, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. And Gasol, the the defensive MVP. Some people say LeBron should have got that award as well. But these two guys anchor this Memphis team. And they really do a good job. They they solid with the boards. They're solid scores, both of them. And I really think uh, OKC got very lucky yesterday stealing that game in the last last 30 seconds of the game. And uh, I think Memphis is going to pull this out, man. Man, you must have read my mind. I, I really do feel that uh, this Memphis team is going to be uh, they're going to be a little too much for OKC to overcome without Westbrook. You know, a lot of people talk about Westbrook. Hey, he shoots too much. He does this. He does that. But the one thing is, is that he really take a lot of pressure off Kevin Durant. And uh, the point guard played well yesterday. But I really just feel with the two big men from Memphis uh, that they're going to be a little too much for OKC. I, I do see this series going possibly seven games, but uh, at the end of the day, man, I really feel that Memphis gift-wrapped this uh, victory for OKC yesterday. They were up for most, most of the game yesterday uh, by double digits, so uh, I, I like Memphis to rebound and really win this series. And then we have the San Antonio Spurs and Mr. Fundamentals, Tim Duncan led Tony Parker, Frenchie, and Ginobili going against the Golden State Warriors. Coach Mark Jackson led team in a Stephen Curry, man, you're talking about one of the purest shooters in the NBA. Uh, who do you like to win this series? They play tonight. You know, Stephen Curry and Thompson, man, probably the best backcourt in that's left in the NBA playoffs. And and they, man, but, but without David, um, David Lee, David Lee, I just don't see them going going anywhere. You know, he was a he was a solid player for them down low. 
And um, Tim Duncan, man, the guy lost a lot of weight in the offseason. He, he looks lighter. He's playing at a high level. Um, you know, if Tony Parker's health is, is, is better, they've had a long layoff. Ginobili looked like he's like 48 years old, but he still plays well. So I think, uh, I think, man, I think that team out of San Antonio, Texas is going to take this series easily. I like the Spurs, man, but I like the upstart, uh, Golden State. You're talking about a franchise that just has not really done much since Sprewell choke, uh, PJ Carlissimo. Uh, I really feel that Mark Jackson has really solidified these guys. And, uh, sometimes when you're young and dumb, man, you, you, you play with a reckless and abandonment that, uh, you have nothing to lose. And I really like, uh, Curry and Thompson and, uh, Bogart, and you know David Lee did make a he he did make a a a, a limited appearance in the last game, man. So I, I really feel I'm going with the upset. I'm going to take Golden State. Hey, hey man, Sam, Sam, yeah. one more thing about that. Let's don't forget Greg Popovich is probably the one of the best coaches in the NBA. He probably is the best coach in the NBA that's left now in the playoffs. Hey man, he is a big time coach, but uh, <clears throat> hey man. I like the young, dumb, and reckless group of Golden State, man. Not that they're dumb, but sometimes when you're young, man, you feel invincible. Hey, but, uh, hey, Darren, moving along, man. You know, uh, there's an interesting story out that a coach was paid to get Kansas guard Ben McLemore, who's predicted to be a top five pick to enter the draft. He said that he was paid over $10,000 in cash and gifts, uh, to to sway an AAU coach to sway Ben McLemore to um to leave Kansas, the University of Kansas early. You know, there's been all type of stories about McLemore when he was a youth, uh not having meals, only eating one time a day. He comes from a very, very uh tough uh financial situation and uh the way he played this year man yeah it's possible that he's going to be the number one pick and the uh the AAU coach said that uh he don't want anything to happen to the kid and uh he's really doing this to try to educate uh other families and, and uh players on what's going on out there what are your thoughts on this I'll, I'll say this um he really had to convince him very hard I'm sure he probably whined and dined him for days and days and days, telling him, man, if you get drafted, you're going to be like the second player taken, and you're going to make maybe at least $8 million next year and probably more the next year. Come on, man. You really need to come on over here and make these $8 million. You don't need to go to class next year. Sam, how much convincing did it take him to convince this kid to uh, – how much convincing did it take for this kid to – Take eight million dollars next year, or ten, or twenty million next year. This is ridiculous, man. And trust me, this story will go out faster than it came in. This story will not hang around. Uh, the one thing is going to issue is going to, to me the one uh, the, the one red flag that's going to um, come out of all of this is uh, just uh, Macklemore's decision making. Is he ready? Is he mature enough? Uh, you, you know, you're going to have character issues, but at at the same time, uh, like you said, Stevie Wonder can see that. Uh, it, it makes sense for uh, Ben McLemore to lead college uh, basketball. Uh, definitely when you look at his financial situation of uh, him and his family, uh, you know, throughout the article it mentioned that the mom was uh, very uh, careful to try uh, not to have certain individuals around her kid to, uh, to protect him. Uh, it, it looks t to me that you that you have an AAU coach that's uh, really seeking uh, – 
to to be in the spotlight and to get his ten minutes of fame. But uh, at the end of the day, man, Ben McLemore, he's a he's a big time prospect. He's a heck of a basketball player. And uh, regardless of this article and this story, somebody's going to take him in the top ten picks of the NBA draft. And you know, Sam, this is not the first story that that has come out about AAU coaches. And this is one of the problems I have with AAU. It's not it's not sanctioned enough. And a lot of times these guys have relationships with AAU coaches. They change high school two and three or four times. Amar Stoudemizer is a prime example of AAU. Here's a kid that must have went to five high schools in four years, and then he ended up going to a junior college for like one semester and goes in the NBA draft. You know, he went to a prep school, but uh, sometimes a lot of times the AU coaches have more influence than high school basketball. Yes, they coaches, do, and they control the recruitment. Hey, uh, uh, another question: Is Dwight Howard worth the headache in LA? He wasn't worth the headache in Florida, so I know he's not worth the headache in LA. And 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 now you're talking about a person that really could have benefited from going to college for a year. His maturity level is just not that of a of a serious NBA player, you know. And I just think that. He's not worth the headache, but I don't think the Lakers are in, in a situation where they have a choice. They have to take him. And he's he almost not has worth to stay. the headache, but at the same time, you're going to have 30 plus other teams that are going to better, that is willing to take on the headache. Uh, to me, for LA, you have to sign Howard and, uh, I, I would try to make a, uh, a run at your neighbor, Mr. Chris Paul, who's kind of undecided on his future in, uh, with, the, with the Los Angeles Clippers. To me, that would be a great pair. Hey, but, man, moving along in other news and notes, uh, we got Floyd Mayweather. He returned to boxing after years laid off a two-month prison state. He complained that there's not enough bottled water in prison. But when he was in the ring, uh, his uh, comfort area uh, – he he dazzled, man. He was outstanding. Uh, he, he didn't miss a beat. Uh, his uh, uncle was not in his corner, Roger Mayweather. Uh, he's battling some health problems. Uh, he had his his father, Floyd Senior, in the uh, in his corner, and uh, man, uh, he was outstanding. Great fight, man. Great fight. Ah, oh, really good fight. And man, when you look at Mayweather, he connected on forty percent of his punches. Sixty percent of his power six percent <laughs> of his power punches, but uh, Guerrero only connected on nineteen percent of his punches. You know, his, uh, Floyd's defense is just awesome, man. It's like it's, you know, I think, and that's that's what really makes him a special athlete is that this guy gets in the ring and he's almost toying with 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 uh, with boxes. Doesn't like to get hit. Doesn't get hit. And uh, what I really like about Floyd is he fight his fight. He don't really listen to the critics, man. And uh, the money team, man, he, he's collecting checks. He was guaranteed $32 million for this fight, 90% of the gate plus pay-per-view hits. Uh, after it's all said and done, it's, uh, he's expected to gross uh, $50 million for this fight, man. He has a, a six-fight, $200 million deal with Showtime. Best of luck, Mayweather. Look forward to seeing you fight in September. Hey, man, uh... Interesting news to know some Jaguars fans filed a petition asking President Obama to call the GM and demand that they sign Tim Tebow. They said that uh, they will sell out the stadium to every home game, man. What do you think about this? We got to move along. We got two minutes. I, I think this is ridiculous. I don't think Tim D. Tebow could play in the CFL or the Arena Football League. And Warren Moon, Warren Moon came out and said this week that he don't think Tim Tebow uh, could play in the uh, CFL. When you really think about the uh, CFL, you only get three downs. You really have to uh, 
be accurate in passing the ball. Jaguars coach also says that he trusts Blackman, who's been suspended for the first four games. What do you think about that? We got one minute, man. We got less than a minute. Hey, hey, Blackman has to grow up very quickly, Sam, very quickly. Got less than a minute. Peterson sets the bar high at 2,500 yards. Can he do it, yes or no? I think he can, for sure. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, interesting to see. If anybody can, he can. Scouts say Geno Smith is a spoiled, pampered brat. What do you think? I can believe that coming from West Virginia. It's not a lot of West Virginia, and he was a superstar there. And they also said during his uh, interviews that he was he spent more time texting, and uh, he wasn't very friendly. Sanchez vows to win the Jets' job. What do you think? He don't have a chance. David Garrard is going to start game one. I like that. I think they should cut their losses, get rid of Sanchez, take the uh, $12 million cap. Ed Reed has hip surgery. Hurricane, what do you think? Ed Reed's going to be back, man, for the opening game. Less than 30 seconds. I, I really think that that's going to hurt him in the aspect of learning the, uh, learning the system. He is a Wally vet. Vic outruns Shady McCoy in a 40-yard dash. What do you think about that? He's still got it. McCoy's not that fast. McCoy's not that fast, but Vicky's still really fast. Hey, hey man, man, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. There's no other place we would rather be than here. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.